This is Caroline Williams, Red River Rock and Roll from Burke Burnett, Texas. You're listening to Midwest Monsters. Gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcasts. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hot Toddy. We are doing a special episode. Um, You know, for episodes 98, 99, and 100, we revisited some franchises. We revisited Halloween and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, and now we're thinking every... Every milestone point, we're going to revisit some episodes and franchises um, to see if our opinions have changed. Because uh, we recorded some of these five years ago. Yes, folks, five years ago. Um, so, opinions change, new hosts come around, and so tonight we are revisiting the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Just for fun, uh, we... We're a little sad because Rye Bones couldn't be here with us. Rye Bones uh, was uh, here for 98, 99, and 100. And so in honor of Rye Bones, we have got a recording of him doing his Franklin impression, which is impeccable. Folks, we're trying to encourage him to do a Franklin cosplay at a con, but he feels like it may be a little culturally insensitive to be a, a wheelchair cosplayer. Let him know. Say, you should be Franklin after you hear this impression. Hot toddy, roll that beautiful bean footage. I can watch it five times a day. <laughs> so good. We miss you, Rye Bones. Uh, hope to get you on another recording. Thanks for being the Franklin in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be the Franklin in anybody's life. Work on the phrase. <laughs> uh, th- thank you for being a good Franklin. Uh, that's the impression in our lives. That's, yes. the, that's, that's the Texas Chainsaw. I want to see the reboot. It's just Franklin. Franklin's been on movie. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, let's say Franklin didn't die. <laughs> you get it in four. <laughs> Okay, so... <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, oh, hey, all right. So, uh, we have decided that we will just start with the first film. <laughs> work our way Are you sure? It's strange, right? It's strange. So, uh, let's start with 1973. Four. 1974's Toby Hooper, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh... Folks, you know, in these revisits, we don't do the whole synopsis, dates, details, anything like that. Uh, We just jump right into how we feel about the film. So, uh, we're going to let the new guys go first, and then Professor and I will just chime in with anything extra or if anything has changed since the last time. 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of, I would say, easily my top five horror movies. Uh, I, I watch it annually, typically on the date that it is that it takes place on. Um, I don't know what it is. I do. I, I mean, I guess I do know what it is. I mean, <clears throat> I love, I love a movie that a, a chance was taken on, and this is definitely one of those. It was so groundbreaking in what it was. Um, <clears throat> I love in the first one the simplicity of <clears throat> just the mood. From the decor of the house with all the bones and the, the projects made out of the bones. Even this is by far, and we'll and I will revisit this point for every following sequel, but this is my favorite Leatherface mask is in this movie. To me, this oh, yeah. looks absolutely homemade. This looks absolutely real to me as something that somebody would do. Um the only downside I can really give to this movie is the character Franklin. I find to be <laughs> so annoying. Other than that, I it it's nearly for me a flawless horror movie. I I, I love the first Texas Chainsaw movie. Oh, definitely love this movie. Um, I can't remember like the exact time period. I remember the first time I watched it though. Like that's how. Uh, I don't even think we owned a VCR in our house, but occasionally, you know, we'd have to save up for months to where we could go down and rent, rent, rent one from one, the yeah. rent one from the video store. Um, I just remember occasionally on weekends you'd go rent a VCR and get a handful of movies. I definitely had always heard of this movie, but I'd never seen it, so it's late '80s. Uh, rented it on VHS. I'm pretty sure I watched it for the first time in the daytime, and it's still. Scared the shit out of me. Um, and that's had uh, quite a big effect on me ever since. Um, it's cool that I have got to meet a few people from the film, but this one's a little... Um, it was a little harder to get to meet some of the cast. And then definitely on, on top of my list forever has been <clears throat> Toby Hooper. So I was... You know, obviously I was sad that we lost him to begin with, but then, you know, he had kind of quit doing conventions and, and other things before his passing. Um, and I love how like this movie is, uh, a lot of my other favorite movies like summer school, um, definitely has a huge, which is weird that a comedy would have a huge, uh, a throw up of, uh, a Texas chainsaw. So like even naming one of the characters chainsaw and both Dave and chainsaw love Texas chainsaw. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's uh, definitely like a pop culture movie. If you've never seen it, you probably are familiar with what the movie is. Um, and it was a few years after watching it that I had I had heard or read or somewhere that uh, Toby Hooper and, and Kim Hinkle, the creators, that this is a comedy to them, which is weird because I've never I've never been laughing at this movie. So um, I think that movie that that comes into play later, like by part four. Where I can kind of see that it's the almost the same script and and that there's weird humor in it, mm -hmm. but um, I've never found any uh, anything humorous of this movie. <laughs> right. And this was also um, I, I say this because I was a kid, but you know, based on a true story, and I, it, it was mentioned in the previous podcast. Which, by the way, if viewers want to look it up, it's episode fourteen, hmm. and it uh, I think it was released May sixteenth, twenty fourteen was the uh the other texas chainsaw episode 
So there was some stuff mentioned that I'll try to leave out, but um, I forgot where I was going because I've had one too many drinks, but um, ah, just went completely blank. Cool. That's all right. First, the first one, I think, kind of gets into everybody's top five, top ten. Yeah. Like, if you're a horror nut, it's this changes you when you see it. Yeah. I can remember how raw and real this film felt to me, and it was weird because my dad was more the old school. He liked the gothic horror and the universal horrors, and so, like, this was one of the first instances where I kind of branched off. He remembered when it came out. Didn't really care that much about it. I mean, it just wasn't for him. Um respected the the impact that it had but i can remember thinking like no man this is great um and you know it's no surprise our opinion hasn't changed on it i'm sure your hasn't either right um, since we recorded the episode it's just it's it's a and i know i said this on the original it's like a benchmark in independent filmmaking Mm, i mean it's just massive what they accomplished with that um i did want to mention that since we recorded the original episode some things that had occurred towards the franchise just as like an overview with the passing of obviously toby hooper in 2017 marilyn burns died mm-hmm. later the same year we recorded this gunner 2015 i think uh john dugan's sick right now hope so hopefully he gets better uh, we hopefully he's healing but he's yeah he's he's had some health problems yeah um obviously leatherface another film was added to the franchise which we covered earlier this year the restoration of the original it's incredible yeah um, that 4k <clears throat> And then something that's important for me personally is the McConaughey happening, happening with uh, me liking Matthew McConaughey based on work that he has done since we recorded this episode. <laughs> so I entertained part four much more seriously for this episode than I had. Did you say the McConaughey? Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I call <laughs> it. A word for it. Like where where he did great stuff yeah. and he turned it all around. It's all right, all right, all right. Um, so those are just a few things that I thought were important to kind of throw in the equation uh, that had occurred since we recorded originally. I was, I was going to, the, the thought I lost, I was just saying about the, the fact that grown adults my age to this day still think, and it, again, it was mentioned before, that this event was real, which it is not. It's, right. it's based on Elf Ed Gein. That's it. But man, when um, I've noticed there's a resurgence of based on a true story movies coming out. I'm like, I'm still kind of a sucker for those because even the strangers recently did it. And I'm like, well, it's scary because it's true. And it, <laughs> it's it's really not its own true story. But yeah, um, as um, I, I, again, I don't know what age I watched this for the first time. But I think even if I watch it as a, a full adult, if I believe that what I'm watching really happened, definitely more effective. When When does one become a full adult? I'm still waiting. I just turned 40. <laughs> still trying to figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, my opinion has not changed about this. Always in my top five horror films. Always Leatherface, one of the scariest. Always the idea of a of a deranged family out in the middle of Texas or anywhere. Uh, still just a scariest idea to me. Still love the the rage dance as the sun is coming up at the end. Do the dance. Yeah, I mean, just so much about this. Um, I don't know that I mentioned this in the original episode, but the only flaw in this film for me, besides Franklin, uh, the dinner scene with Grandpa. We did. 
Yeah, in the original episode, okay, because I agree a hundred percent. It still just kind of drags for me. I, so I agree long. that it goes on too long, but at the same time, that's kind of what makes me even more uncomfortable as sure. I'm watching it. Sure. So I think there might even be an intended effect with it being that. Long. It, it to Maybe. me, it fits perfect with the oddballness of, of what's in the movie, anyways. Yeah. Um. You guys touched on it before, but I'll bring it up. Is this movie's such an impact that that I always forget how goreless it is because yeah. when I think about Texas Chainsaw, I think about all the grossness, and it's the first one really is not. And it's mostly because you remember what has been on all the sequels, where they really amped that up as time went on. Well, and, but that, when you go back to the source material, material, you're right. So much is inferred, but you your mind kind of just remembers it. Though. Well, I think it's so well done too that like that even though they don't show you, you've thought about what happened to them. Yeah. Um, and then, and it does feel gross. I mean, the film, everything that Vinny had talked about with the house and the bones and everything, the house feels gross. Well, like, and when you get to hear, when you start to listen mm-hmm. to the behind the scenes stuff where they talk about how rough the shoot was for the entire movie, especially that dinner scene and on and on and on. It's the way this is paid off after that to me is very reminiscent of Jaws. And all of the problems that plagued the production of that movie. And it really was the first thing of its kind. And for a director to suffer through that, to see their vision through, and then mm-hmm. to get to the end of it and it be this huge, probably more for Texas Chainsaw, more of a cult hit than it certainly wasn't a summer blockbuster like Jaws. But it's got to be worth it when you suffer through all that to see the end product turn into something that's really cherished by an audience. It's got to make that journey more satisfying. And we talked about that before. This this should have been a film that just played on 42nd Street and, mm. and faded into obscurity, mm-hmm. well, but it, something about it didn't. Something that's not mentioned. So Jaws was mentioned. Jaws is the first blockbuster, summer, summer blockbuster, blockbuster ever. Uh-huh. So you didn't have, you know, a movie didn't have to come out and do numbers to be effective. And I think what made Texas Chainsaw very effective was drive-ins. Mm. Um, and it wasn't really mentioned before. And and also, as much as I love Texas Chainsaw, I would not credit Texas Chainsaw as inventing the slasher movie that we know today. Because there was actually, um like, like even the classic Frankenstein and stuff, there's still the people wander off by themselves. And um, the 50s had all the like lusty teenagers like in the blob. And, and I was a teenage werewolf. Um where, I mean, it's 1950s and it's your parents. But, yeah, they were going to go fuck and they're going to get butchered. How dare so, you, sir? The 1970s, you? unfortunately, did not invent that and neither yeah. did Texas Chainsaw. But, um, yeah, to me, what, what made this movie endure was this played at a lot of drive-ins. And I would have loved to have saw this at a drive-in for the first time. Um, I, I don't know if I would have stayed till the end of the movie, to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then um, I, one more thing is the 4K I love and hate. Because to me, this movie yep. is meant to be gritty. But I just uh, rewatching it for, for this. I watched one of the cleaner Blu-rays. And, and man, there's stuff I've never... I, the, the body at the beginning on the tombstone is dripping mm-hmm. blood that looks like sweat. Yeah, stuff Blue I've never race. noticed before because Texas Chainsaw has always been grainy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> cool, cool. All right. Moving right along are to... We, are we going to the next one? I meant that I only was done for a period. Two quick things. John Dugan didn't know... Uh, was he, So, Indiana resident, so it makes it cooler. 
So I feel like when I do see him at conventions, we always bond about bitching about Indiana. It's always cool. And I know that people bitch about Franklin. Here's my take on Franklin. Franklin's actually not invalid. He's lazy. <laughs> There's a skit on Little Britain where the guy's always being pushed around on <laughs> a wheelchair. But when his caregiver takes off, the dude gets up and does all this stuff for himself, then gets back in the chair. Had Leatherface gave him the opportunity, I think we would have saw Franklin get up and run because dude was just lazy. But thank you for making a character because, you know, it's nice that I can hate someone that's in a wheelchair. Like, that's brave. Thanks, Toby. Thank you. It's your turn. You're going to get us in trouble. We're in so much trouble. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Yeah. Sounds like the dad in Silver Bullet. <laughs> All welfare. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> crippled. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's going to grow what? up to be. Oh, it hurts my parts. I'm just saying, uh, if you're in you're a wheelchair, you have the right to be an asshole just like all the I'm other assholes in the world. Bust your ass. I hope you're out there. Bust my pots. Bust your ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next film. Welcome back, folks. Uh, yeah, this is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not Silver Bullet. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, part two. Electric Boogaloo. That's right. That's right. I believe, full disclosure, I believe I saw this one first. Okay. Uh, and I still, I was young, and I rem- it was I remember the scene at the radio station vividly, mm. and scared the dog shit out of me as a kid. Sure. Uh, I was a bit older when I finally saw Chainsaw One, and then that just had a whole different effect on me. But uh, I, and of course, watching. Two, again, as an adult, obviously this film was made a bit differently than its predecessor. Um, but I still enjoy it. As different as... And that's rare for me. I don't like when you change course with things a lot of times. Um, I think you sell me by having the same Sawyer. Uh, what What's the actor's name? Uh, the, the chef? Jim, Jim Sidow. That having him, because he's all that matters, let's be honest. Leatherface, you can put somebody else under the mask and it's not going to be that noticeable. It can be, as we'll get to later. It can be, as we will get to later. It's like like back on that Friday the 13th episode. But I'm not not saying it doesn't matter, but I'm saying you can get away with it a bit more. The hitchhiker's dead, so you can put in another character, but they have that one. The chef is the same actor, so it anchors it for me. Um, Am am I the only one that ever thought, I always thought Chop Top was the hitchhiker. Uh, Actually, Vinny, yeah, yeah, I I think a lot of people did, but Vinny had done Well, he has the plate in his head. I thought it was from getting run over. I had done some research. Vinny did his homework. Yeah, at one point. He's the brother that went to Vietnam. He's the twin brother of the hitchhiker that went to Vietnam. And that's why he wasn't around during the first movie. Which, didn't that come from a fan video that Bill Mosley made? And somebody showed it to Toby Hooper. And Hooper was like, yeah, I forgot I don't know how. But if we make a sequel sometime, because this was like five years before, he's like, I will call you. And he did, years later. Got a huh. hold of him and had him come on in. Yep, I forgot about so, that. So uh, I really, even like I say, even though it's a totally different flavor, of course, I'm also a guy who likes a bit of comedy in my horror. Not all the time, but I do like it from time to time. I really like to. Hater likes something. Yeah, I really like to. I like the first one too, motherfucker. <laughs> That's two things I like. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Temperatures rising, <laughs> in but I, I do like I do like two 
a lot. Surprisingly. Awkward. <laughs> Hot toddy, how you feel about um, wrong? <laughs> you know what? I've always liked part two. Um, I, I will agree with Vinny. I I don't know which one I watched first. I, I probably I feel like I watched one and then two. But when I watched two, I didn't find it funny. I was no, still not young. When I first saw it. The radio scene. I'm gonna be honest. I put it in my notes that the radio station still fucking gets me every time when she leans up against the the dark wall and the and because let's be real. If I'm gonna start a chainsaw, which I don't even know if I could, <laughs> but you're gonna hear me starting it. I will say something effective for these movies is it's dead quiet and then <laughs> so, still gets me every time. Uh, Bill Mosley is a genius in this movie. Oh, uh, Bill's great. He, he sells the whole music. <laughs> That's my life. Goodbye. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff that I would never Goodbye. pick up on had I not been told. Like the fact that Dennis Hopper is supposed Goodbye. to be uh, Stretch's dad. And then that means that she would be cousins to Sally and... Uh, He's and not Stretch's dad. That is implied. Who wrote that fan fiction? You got to watch the deleted scenes. Um, and 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 this is probably where I got so Toby Hooper. If you watch when he talks about when they came to him for the sequel, because to him Texas Chainsaw was a comedy, which again, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, I now I, mean, I will say as an adult, I get that two is a comedy. But like we even the poster. Sure, I was gonna say we don't smoke nearly uh, as much weed as Toby Hooper does. So. uh... Even the poster, the Breakfast Club poster, this one's definitely tongue-in-cheek. Sure. At 10 or however young I was, I watched it, though. I wasn't laughing. Nope. Um, nope. Nope. And then you get all the weird sexual, like, uh, like obviously, the Saul's his dick, and he's slamming into Caroline Williams, uh, who's another... Bubba's uh, got a girlfriend. Caroline got Williams a girlfriend. is another, another fun uh, convention. I don't know. I lost my words, but... <laughs> Because you're uh, being ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> just keep deflecting, buddy. I will say uh, this uh, of the series: this is the classiest that uh, Leatherface looks with the the suit tie, yeah. and the meat face. Well, I don't know. Is his evening uh, is pretty lady evening attire in part one? Yeah, yeah, he does get all balled up in fairness. He does. Uh, also, Leatherface was the original inventor of face swap. Mess that one up because I'm. You're slurring. <laughs> you think we've been celebrating your 40th birthday or something? Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> I have something about deleted scenes. There's a lot. I know where I was going with those because there's a lot of weird deleted scenes. Um, I don't think you mentioned it before, maybe in passing, but Tom Savini to me is a big part of two. Yeah. Um. So if you ever watch deleted scenes, they don't fit in, and I'm glad they cut them. But there's the scene with the football team where they just hack up all these like yep. crazy football goers. <laughs> um, also, uh, Joe Bob Briggs is in a deleted scene where he's leaving a theater, uh, and they come in and kill him. So another fun. I'm kind of glad they cut the scenes, but yeah, um, we definitely get with what uh, the the is in the barbecue that they're selling from this movie. Yep. And uh, this one to me is like consumerism and uh, and yuppies. And it's kind of funny because like they definitely are targeting uh, targeting those people. But at the same time, like the cook has became one himself because he's constantly bitching about how much money he's losing <laughs> yeah. because they're they're messing with his food. One of the scenes that still gets me is when Chop Top is cutting her with his razor blade. Man, when he's chasing that. 
fucks with me every time. So because it just I don't like the idea of getting cut by a razor blade, folks. I don't know many people that do, but it's not good. Can I say one of my favorites is when Dennis Hopper's go on a cuckoo, and he gets uh, he gets the cook and the and the ass, and he says, "Well, sure, sure took sure took care of my hams." <laughs> Uh, you know, here we are five years later and I only like this film more than I did five years ago. And I liked it then. This, this is a fun movie. It is. It is. Um, uh, as I shared in the previous episode, the first time I watched this was a bit of a shock because I loved the first film so much. And I watched this, uh, when I was like 23 or four living in Louisville, uh, I was a teacher of a high school. And I had some friends come over. I was like, hey, I love Texas Chainsaw. Let's watch part two. And I watched it expecting another crazy, scary movie. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Because it's super silly. And they were not horror fans. And they were like, is, uh, is, he, is he raping her with that chainsaw? <laughs> As a professor said in the previous episode, uh, never what you want to hear from the company who are visiting. Yeah. Not what you want your dinner guests to read. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the first time I was like, what in the hell? And something about it stuck with me and I watched it again and again and again. And, and then I, you know, I just loved it. And I, like I said, I love it now more than I did five years ago when we recorded that first episode. Um, it's silly. It's goofy. And this is the cover art I remember at the video store as a kid. I don't remember the cover art from the first one, but I remember this Breakfast Club cover art. Part, part one's hard to remember because there's so it depends on who put it out and yeah. there were so many different covers, but this one was was the Breakfast Club poster. Yeah. Um it's a horrible sequel. <laughs> but but yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. I still feel the same way I did when we recorded it. I I, I, I will never understand the decision to do what they did with it. With that said, what it is is wildly entertaining. I think and he's got some great movies under his belt. I think this is his best made film from a directing standpoint. I think he knocked this one out of the park. It's stylized. It's colorful. Um, it's got its own brand of what I didn't know, Mr. Hooper, but if this seems like him more than the others, it seems like the others, he was collaborating with somebody yeah. on something like this seems like him completely like in the wild. Would like you say, just, would you say this is pure cinema? Pure cinema, pure <laughs> cinema. But it, like, it, it's just it's it's fun for all of the right reasons. But at the same time, I always want to point out that it's just wild to me that you had the original that you had, and then you go what twelve years, and you show up with <laughs> basically a parody of it. Yeah, um, okay. it's just it's very think, bizarre. I, I can't speak for him, obviously, but. I kind of feel like this is his, like, like what he did with this is what Dante did with Gremlins 2. Where it's like, oh, you're going to make me do a sequel? Well, I'm going to make fun of it. I can see that to a certain extent. My only thing that I, w I would take the difference in is that the first one was terrifying. Whereas Gremlins was playful. And so yeah. he could go up with it even more and get paid. Whereas this, he took a movie that was already cemented as well, How many as years legendary. later was this? Over a decade. Yeah. And, well, and, and, and this movie, too, uh, this this was a three-picture deal for him. So the first movie was actually Return of the Living Dead and in 3D, which didn't happen, and then it went to another director. So I was Invaders from Mars first, maybe, or this one? 
That would have been the well. So they're kind of right the, around the same they, time. So it was Invaders from Mars, Texas Chainsaw Two, and Life Force, and all three movies kind of like did not do what they wanted at the box office. Right. So, but I will say, um, I've watched this at least multiple times since we recorded um, last time, and I grow to like it more each time. I liked it the first time I watched it. Uh, Grizz gave me the heads up when I told him I was going to yeah. watch it. He's like, "Hey, it ain't." It's if you're wanting more of the original, you're not, it's not there. You're barking up the wrong tree. Well, man. and as a kid, I loved the first one after I'd seen it, and I remember catching a bit of one of the sequels. I can't remember what it was, but it was on TV, and I remember being like, "Ugh, like this is nothing like what I thought was scary." And so yeah. I just never had any interest in going after all the other entries because I was afraid they'd stink. And I just liked the first one so much, I just left it at that. It wasn't like Halloween or Friday where I just watch any and every movie they pumped out. Like, like I'd seen a little Friday bit. I saw a little bit of, of one of the sequels, and that was enough. So Texas Chainsaw 2 is a late watch for me. Like, yeah. I, when we recorded this, I wouldn't have seen that that long before no. then. Um, so my respect grows for it from the filmmaking standpoint with each time. But I'll never be able to wrap my head around it. I just sit back and enjoy it because it really is a, a really fun movie. There, there is a and one of all the deleted scenes that to me that that should remain. There is one deleted scene where he does find the remains of Franklin. Um, it's a wheelchair and, and a corpse. And oh no, uh, that's in the movie. Is it in the movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking it was cut. He finds. Remember, he finds like the wheel. He's in the the big does amuse, it go further, The big maybe? amusement park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I was smoking crack. But uh, <laughs> maybe he was on that. Maybe so he that, was on that Toby Hooper. And kish. they also uh, for this not. I, <laughs> I feel like Toby made this to not continue on, but then they made such a big deal about the Solace family, so they even had some taglines and stuff from oh, this. Yeah. All right, anything else to say on part D? No. Cool. Nah. Moving right along to Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3, a.k.a. Leatherface. Leather May I add, the real Leatherface. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not that whack ass movie at the end of the franchise. I mean, we're we're uh, talking about part three right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> night what? Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Um. So so R.A. Milhoff. Something that that was not talked about again in the other one. Because uh, so this is the nineties movie, but it's not because this movie was supposed to come out in nineteen eighty nine. So this movie was supposed to follow Nightmare Five. But you are in that chair, Blanche. You are in that chair. <laughs> So this movie was supposed to come out right after Nightmare 5, Friday 8, Halloween 5. All of these were to come out in the same year. This movie kept um, being rated X, and so they had to keep going back and, and removing scenes from it. So it got pushed to January of 1990. That's what was rated because that's the sound everybody made when they watched it. Um, so since he's going to say that, I'm going to start with that. No matter what, I... shut the fuck up. <laughs> Gotta finish. So, Gotta finish. I love. I've always loved Part Three. I will always love Part Three. It's fun. It's the first Texas Chainsaw I got to see in the theater. Um, my only disappointment was again like having to wait for it to come out so long because I just it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back, and then they just kind of gave up and cut out all these cool scenes, which eventually some of them made it their way to the unrated version that came out way later. Um, oh, is there an unrated version? Hmm. Is there an unrated Yeah, movie? there is. And so cool. uh, also as a as a little nerdy horror movie kid, um, I don't know if people can piece this together or not, but New Line Cinema, 1990, 
Uh, they own the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street, which the idea, the reason they picked up Leatherface was to them they were going to lay Freddy to rest with the next movie, and then they were going to do some Texas Chainsaws. But they also, in the same time, were acquiring the rights to Friday the 13th because Friday the 13th uh, did poorly. So in the early 90s, where I'm getting at is they own the rights, New Line, own the rights to Leatherface, Freddy, Jason, and they had bought out the rights to Phantasm, so which they never did anything with. Um, so huge disappointment for me for New Line effing that one up. But other than that, I like the third film. Um, a few things from uh, the last podcast. First off, not a possum. It's an armadillo. Um, With and, the ear piercing, right? Yeah. And so if, if you catch on to, uh, I forget the guy's name, the guy with the claw, the brother, he has the same one on his ear. So obviously he's just tagging some stuff, throwing it in the road to mess with people. Um, Grandpa... Yeah, um, I thought it was cool that he was in this, actually. And Grandpa's dead, which is the fun part of this one. He's legit dead. He never moves. And he is stu- filled with sawdust when he yeah. gets hit. So <laughs> so this one's just fun that he's in, because it's just a throwback to the other films. Um, I Mine's thought it was a home. great throwback. Um, and then all the weird stuff that's on IMDb, I don't know whether they're true or not, except for they were going to have where he unmasked himself. That part was true. Though on the podcast it says part four. It's part three. And the Peter Jackson stuff that's on uh, IMDb, I don't know how. I've never heard that they were throwing the movie his way, but I do know he did turn in a Nightmare on Elm Street 5 script around the same time, so that could have been true. And I guess Toby Toby Hooper was kind of at one point thinking of directing this movie. I don't know how true that was or not either, but I had never heard that. That's my take on it. Now shit on it. Go ahead. Hate or gonna hate. Now, I will say that in my mind's eye, I really hated this movie in hindsight. Upon watching it again, I realized that I had transposed some memories of another sequel onto this one. So it I did not hate this one as bad as I thought I did. Good. That's I really don't praise. hate it, hate it. That's high praise. Yeah, I really don't hate it. Um You warm son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um I certainly don't love it. Certainly don't love it. Um, this is a trend that we start to get in, starting with three. I effing hate Leatherface's mask in this movie. Uh, it's doo doo. It's doo doo. It's doo doo. It looks like a piece of ham on his face. Like it. It's <laughs> one one like equals one prey. It's. <laughs> It's awful. It's an awful mask. <laughs> this is where I will say, oh, oh, no, you can't just get anybody to play Leatherface. This is the first time I'll start to say that. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, no way, dude. He was serviceable. Uh, Vinny, serviceable. Vinny, I'm sorry. You're, I think you're alone on this one. He's ser- yeah. He is serviceable. That's R- about it. RA's you know what? Imposing. Next time we're at a con with RA, you go tell him that. I won't bother because I won't go near his table. Because so. he's going to beat your little ass. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't think he's that great of a leather face. Um, yeah. you, would you say he hammed it up? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that the movie develops Leatherface a little bit more. Um, that as far as the character goes, they add a little bit more. Um, Kane Hodder was the stunt coordinator on this movie. 
He also played him in the in the trailer because the trailer they did before they ever even had a script. And when it opens with the girl in the car with the guy, I thought that was Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. William, so William I, Butler from the Night of the Living Dead. I enjoy make. this movie more this time watching it than I had thought that I had remembering. I it. like three, yeah, so I, I did. The, I did like it better than I had remembered that I liked it. That'd be a cool quote to put on the poster. What a quote from Benny? I didn't hate it as much as I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's true. Letterface. So I didn't get to speak much about this the last time around because I had only seen it once. I didn't remember a whole lot, and I couldn't get my hands on it. Since then, I've purchased it. Yeah, I was going to say we had difficulty because I didn't watch four when okay. we recorded the original yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is my first time really giving it a fair shot. Um, this film has a rough start. I mean, it's pretty slow and drags quite a bit. And I was like, ah, you know, I think I'm not going to like this one. You know, think uh, like I said, I remember thinking it was okay the first time I watched it. But then watching it like a second, third time, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like this very much. And then Ken Forey shows up <laughs> and he's playing a badass doomsday prepper. And then I thought... I really like this movie. You and just saw yourself in Ken Foray. <laughs> yes, had as he, I do in most films with Ken Foray. I think that he and I are related. Had he not been in this movie, it definitely would have taken a lot away from it. Sure. I mean, he, he added a lot. I can't say that he didn't yeah, yeah. like him in this movie. So my, my only other notes, uh, I, I think it's hilarious that Viggo Mortensen's in this movie. I think this marks the beginning of a problem with Chainsaw when they start casting attractive people as Sawyers. Sure. I mean, I'd get in their car. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I do want to say, though, I think the family in this one is pretty dumb. Like, overall, like... Man, I, as bad as it is, I love the little girl. Yeah, she was in, uh, what, Friday, Friday 7? 7, and Jennifer so was William, Bo- William Butler, who's the boyfriend. He's also in the one that you thought was... It was Tommy Jarvis? Yeah, from Night Living Dead remake. That, Yakety yak. You Don't talk Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> My favorite, though, is she comes down and they have the girlfriend gagged. And she's like, no. And the girlfriend looks relieved, like, oh, this little girl's coming in to stop it. Yeah. She's like, you said I could do it. <laughs> you said I could cut her up. <laughs> um, oh, boy. When they give up that custom chainsaw that says the saw is family on it, I was like, I need that in my life. Um, in my notes here, in strong disagreement with Venomous Vinny, I have R.A., Decent leather face. Yeah. Serviceable. <laughs> and then last Sounds note. Like did the job. Uh, when Ken Forey shows up and shoots up the house, that whole, uh, that whole scene where it's just awesome. I mean, I love when he shows up and shoots up the house and they escape and things like that. It is an awesome scene. I will, I will say, and I, I shouldn't like him, but I love the one brother. The one that's like always singing to himself and he's nasty and, and cussing and yeah yeah, uh, professor. It's just gonna be funny if I keep saying stuff about the wrong movies when we when you come to me. It's like, well, I thought Caroline Williams was great. Um, so so speaking to her though, and I'm, I I still can never catch it. Allegedly, she's a reporter in this. Yeah, yeah yeah. Okay, well then I'm just like, she's on the okay. uh, almost side like of the road. in part two that and you mentioned on the last podcast, but I still can never see Grandma up. Prancing around. Oh, 
Yeah. You no, the weirder, she's, you're weird urban legends. I'll show it to you. She's not prancing around. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> um, you kids and your and your fantasies. This one is, uh, it's just, it's a decent sequel. It's a return it, to it, it, seriousness. I feel like it kind of oh, yeah, gets... I'll give you that. I feel like it, to the darker tone. I feel like it kind of gets lumped in on and bashed unfairly because from the original, you know, canon, this is the time that somebody made a sequel where they took it serious and Which they tried to every, give you every person that griped about two. Right. And so they really worked to give you a horror movie. There's enough winks and nods uh, to the universe without it being too much. Uh, I think RA is imposing. I think it's photographed. Uh, pretty well with some of the stuff at night. He's yeah. pretty damn scary. Um, I just, yeah, it's it's one of those ones where it's like, it's not one of my favorite horror movies, but it's good. I like it. Um, and for me, I think it's fun to kind of marathon the three because you get such a difference in film each time. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like my, my opinion of it really hasn't changed other than it, I probably would give it a couple ticks up since the last time we yeah. we did this. I've watched Same it probably here. twice since then, and um, one of it being for the revisit to this episode. And I just I just don't think it's as bad as people sometimes lump it in. I think it's a, a fairly competent horror movie. Um, it doesn't try and break the mold or do anything too extravagant, but they tried to make Leatherface scary. So My, my complaint of this movie, which it doesn't stop my enjoyment, is this is the start where... You magically find some like some weird ass stupid new family members each movie. Yeah. Um, so to me, it almost would work a little bit better if they tried to get someone to return with him, or he was just alone. But it worked. The family was crazy, and um, something I, I don't know when I started noticing it. it. Probably took way after it originally came out. But the opening to me is definitely an homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. And I don't know if that's because this is the like new line getting their hands on it. But in the opening of Nightmare, where he's building his claw, we're seeing oh, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. Leatherface in his shop. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I've always liked this movie, and yeah, it's darker in tone. I like two a lot as well. But all the people that gripe that two is funny, you know what? Like they listened to you and they they gave you what you <laughs> wanted. And now you're still crying. So right. All right. <laughs> so Chainsaw Three thoroughly reviewed this time around. Uh. Moving right along to Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Similar to Star Trek, the next generation. You bet. Not really. Similar. <laughs> in, name, right. in name only. <laughs> you uh, newbies, go ahead. Sir? Sure. Okay. Because uh, I know where you're going to go with it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking garbage. It's a garbage <laughs> movie. Um <laughs> And I don't apologize for that opinion. Uh, number one, it starts out weird. It starts out like a formulaic teen slasher movie. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a complete departure from the other movies. Um, the only I hate Leatherface in this movie. This is I I remembered this Leatherface as being in the one and three. The constant screaming of Leatherface this entire time, like. They've gone full transvestite with with the character. They don't. There's nothing. They don't develop the character any further. They just start throwing more of that on him. Uh, it's like having Franklin be Leatherface throughout the entire movie. It's so fucking annoying. Uh, 
Let's see. Tell us how you really feel. I, oh, I absolutely am. Uh, I think the Leatherface mask is atrocious. The these are the worst that the masks get in the entire series that Leatherface wears is in this movie. The only only thing that I will give this movie any credit for whatsoever is I think that Matthew McConaughey, as over the top as it is, I think that he has some of the best acting in this entire movie playing a Texas lunatic. Or himself. And, I mean, his Van Helsing leg, <laughs> Frankenstein monster leg that he has, the <laughs> steampunk leg, like, so <laughs> stupid. Like, this is the family... <laughs> This is the family that built wind chimes out of cow jaw bones, and now they're dabbling with Radio Shack and creating cybernetic leg braces for themselves. Well, but he's part of the Illuminati. It's just so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. I hate this fucking movie. Phineas. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I, I I don't feel the way Vinny does, but of the series, this is the worst. This is the worst it gets. Uh, no. But, nope. 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 This is my opinion now. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so first off, let me tell you why I actually enjoy this movie, though. Because though it's the worst, I still have seen it quite a few times. And there's definitely way worse than this movie. Wow. So, Texas Chainsaw. I've been wanting to see this movie since it was the return of Texas Chainsaw. This movie was made early 90s. It took a long time to come out. In fact, so long that everyone thinks that he modeled Days Confused. This is before Days Confused. I do love that he says, all right, all right, all right, in the movie. Which is something I never caught because I haven't watched this movie in a long time. So that is cool. But this movie's pre-Days Confused. This is before Renee Zellweger ever had a career. To correct the last podcast, Renee Zellweger is not in Days to Confuse. So sorry uh, for that. Yeah, I said that, yeah. Not all yeah. blondes look alike. Um, it's Joey Lauren Adams. She's like Kevin Smith. Also, to correct, that. this one is where the character who is modeled after Ed Gein is probably the most similar. But Ed Gein did not want to be a woman. He just had, like, like probably the closest to Ed Gein that we'll ever get to film is the psycho character. And it's this, it's another like personality of his. He did not want to be a transvestite, so sorry for that as well. Um, I will agree with Vinny that because uh, the strange thing, the, the the weirdest part about this movie, and this has a lot of weirdness, is that it is a it's a teen slasher movie, but there's no slasher. Um, there's not even really any chainsaw kills. It's um, definitely the most bizarre one, and. Um, this is where it gets really weird for me. So Ken, Ken Hequel, the original co-writer of the first movie, uh, this is the, sh the first direct-to-sequel of the original movie. Um, and maybe this is where all the humor was supposed to come in in the first movie that I just didn't get. And there is a lot of, if you look at it, there's some bizarre, funny stuff in this, but it's still the worst in the series. Um, nope. Still the worst in the series, sorry. Um, but I probably laugh the, watching it for this. I probably laugh the most, especially with the the clapper in the office and hitting the girl with the stick, <laughs> and they kept uh, prodding Renee with the cattle prod. Um, the house is closer to the original movie. Mm -hmm. Um, the jumping through the two story window is a good throwback. Um, it's kooky and bizarre, which is I guess 
fits in with the other movies, but um, I love the ending that it does have John Dugan and uh, Marilyn Burns. And, that, that's uh, a nice nod. And I feel bad that I can never... I can never remember the actor's name, but yes, uh, Franklin. Not necessary. Um, Is it Paul something? Something Paul like Wall, that. I believe. Yeah. That must be it. Or McCartney. <laughs> uh, Get out of my face. I, my, the biggest risk I feel this movie takes is that, because again, this is early 90s coming out of the 80s, is the biggest risk is that Renee Zellweger is ugly with only glasses and not the ponytail. Or being a brunette. <laughs> so, a lot of risk taken in this film. Um, I don't know. It's still, like, this is this is definitely the most bizarre. I don't get the end where, like, uh, basically the clan is working for the government. I don't, I don't know the weird ending. Um, <laughs> but as kooky as this movie is, I still... I, it's not the first one I, I pull off the shelf. I'll buy it when Scream Factory releases the Blu-ray in November. Um, I still watch it every so often. Um... It's just a bizarre, kooky movie. Worst in the series, hands down. So, Professor, I'll let you go first. Um, I didn't watch this uh, originally when we recorded. I think I just had difficulty getting it. Yeah. To be honest, I wasn't working real hard to track it down because it just always had a reputation as just atrocious to me. But I, I think even back then, I made it clear like I wasn't familiar with it. And what? Don't you have background with? Was it you? No, it was Barker that rented this as a kid, right? Yeah. You rented Halloween 3. Halloween 3 is the one that made me cry. Yeah. And this one made Barker cry. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, I'll be clear, like, this isn't a good movie. <laughs> but, it's it, I was surprised at how it wasn't as bottom of the barrel as I was expecting. If nothing else, McConaughey's worth watching it for. That's the only thing I can glean out of this. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a whole lot of swing and misses in this film. Um, but again, I mean, I really was expecting to just see one of the worst movies I'd ever watched. I mean, that's always what it had the reputation as, at least yeah. to me. Um, and it, it wasn't. I mean, I've seen worse horror movies than this. I've, I've seen Ghoulies 4. I think Ken <laughs> Hinkle is the one that probably uh, set the bar too high because he, he blew his mouth off a lot. Because I'm not sure exactly what happened, but obviously, um, you know, Toby got to be a part of part part two. Kim Hinkle hadn't been part of it since the the first film, and that's all he talked about was how it's the first the first throwback to the original. And well, yeah, this is supposed to be a a true direct sequel to the first film. Yes. <laughs> so Franklin's um, in the house. That's the weird thing. Like I feel like I can't I can't have both elements of this franchise in a movie coexist and so in this one it lacked the rawness and the scarier side of it but then i embraced the hijinks of the bizarre yeah and so for that i actually enjoyed that with mcconaughey and some of the just weird shit going on there but the overall plot and the the kind of tonal shifts with the more from a teenage aspect just didn't fit um but there's so much of it already why do it the north North by northwest ending yeah yeah yeah. That's the real head scratcher. <laughs> Glad to have Rybone stop in for a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's just, that's kind of the way I feel. It's, it's not anything I love, but I'm glad I watched it so that it's not something I just completely avoid. Like, if I'm truly in the mood for a marathon years down the road, this 
this wasn't that painful. I mean, yeah. it wasn't that oh, good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I actually was surprised in the kind of... I still feel the same as what I said on the original episode, of, though, about Renee Zellweger. She always looks like she's eaten a fart. <laughs> Every expression of hers. Well, except now, she doesn't look anything like herself. She's had her face stretched across her skull. Yeah, yeah. Totally I didn't know that. I haven't it's, seen that. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I maintain uh, an unhealthy enjoyment of this film. Uh, as I as I watched it again, just like part three, I wanted to hate three and four as an older person watching them again. I wanted to fucking like them. <laughs> I wanted to hate them. And I thought, I sat there and just cried and said, why do I enjoy this? Why do as I enjoy this? As you should. Yes. In the shower. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, again, I don't hate this film. Um, it is definitely not the... Uh, Definitely not the worst film in the franchise yeah, for me. I agree. Definitely not. I think Todd is the only one who thinks this is the worst film in the franchise. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, well, that's you, bud. <laughs> well, I think 2018. Poop, but yeah. I don't think it's the worst. Um, what I like about the film, so many callbacks as Toddy laid out. The house looks the same. There's a the same porch, the same swing out in the yard, the same door. The sounds. Oh, we get we get it. The the where he tears up the door, and they're like, "Look what your brother did to the Look door." Look what your brother did to the door, and you, you get the <laughs> sound again. Um, Can you do that one more time? <laughs> you guys sound like cats in heat, <laughs> or like bobcats screaming in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a window jump. Uh, again, uh, there's a dance at the end with Leatherface. There's somebody getting yeah, stuffed in a it's freezer. It's the greatest hits. It's a yeah. rehash of shit that's yeah. not done as well as the first time it was done. And I will agree with you. Uh, bought Lionel Richie. You bought Wendy Houston. Why not buy this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with Vinny. This is an awful Leatherface mask. Oh, this is this the is, worst. This yeah. is the worst. The worst. Yeah. I, can't, I won't argue with that. And uh, it's like Phantom of the Texas. Yes, right. Um, yeah, Matthew McConaughey's robot leg <laughs> is crazy. Like tourist trap. Yes, absolutely looks like tourist trap. Cheeseburger massacre. <laughs> Frankenburger. Um, I gotta tell you though, Matthew McConaughey, not only his steampunk leg, but I love his crazy screaming when he gets fired oh, up yeah. and he's just fucking laying into it. Um, like down into the in their ear. <laughs> <laughs> Go get out! You know, like, um, and then last but not least, the government conspiracy. That's crazy. That is just enough bonkers that I, I love it. <laughs> this whole thing. I'd say the ending is actually what that is. is a, it's a strikeout. <laughs> I'm telling you that this easily has to be where Rob Zombie got Otis's character from. For House of a Thousand Corpses. This is where he got a, a lot of shit for yeah. House of a Thousand Remember Otis uh, in some of those cut scenes is making those videos where he's talking about people being sheep and like yep. not understanding the world. Like that is Matthew McConaughey's character in this film. So, the more I watch the Texas Chainsaw franchise, the less of a favorable review I have of House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, just go fly a kite. It man. just it's because it's so much of a rehash you of things that have already been done. I'm the, I enjoy out of all of Rob Zombie movie Rob Zombie's movies, I like that one the best. I like House Wrong. of a Thousand Corpses the best. Wrong. Wrong. But it is very heavily borrowed. 
from other shit. Oh, of course. It's a just homage. Like, just like everything that Rob Zombie does. Well, well we can Gavel back, has been dropped. You can stay back to the old Dark House from James Well. then. This whole franchise is a ripoff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pulling from it. Yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses is a good time. Yeah. It's a, I didn't say it wasn't a good time. Well, pull your teeth, boy. All right. <laughs> moving right along to... Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake that comes out in I, I 2000. I feel that that would be doing it in wrong because I feel like we need to do part five. What's part five? Part five is 3D. Oh, God. No. You guys are <laughs> trying to mess it up, no? Uh, I'm going to let this dog out. Wilson, take control. <laughs> take control, Benny. So are we going chronological? I, I think at this point we've been going chronological. We're, do, we're, doing, no, no. we're doing the sequels. We I think you've been outvoted. Five. We're doing, We're doing part five. You, if you do the remix, you're throwing it all off. Part four, then part four should have been the second film we did. Why? Because it's, a it's direct the direct sequel. <laughs> this is the direct sequel. <laughs> this is getting out of hand. This is Texas Chainsaw 5. Did you guys, the, your expression right there, Tom, was great. They completely threw a monkey wrench in that. All right, so chronologically, we're doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake, 2003. So we're going to talk about the remakes, and then we'll come back to talk about the five and six. The ones that were made What's in later years. Six is Leatherface. That, that's a prequel! Where are you guys? That's Then that's part zero. We should have started there. The remakes are not sequels. That's why they're at the end. <sighs> this is getting too nerdy even for me. <laughs> My beard you guys don't know how to count? I mean, Amityville Part 2. Is I know how to count years, movie. motherfucker. I know what So when we do an Amityville mode. episode, are we doing Part 2 first? We'll do Part 2 second. Are you enjoying <laughs> this audience? Makes go to the end. Are you enjoying watching this meltdown audience? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, just do the next movie. I can take a pause and talk about 5 and 6 later. Good. All right, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake, 2003. Gentlemen, how do you Let feel? Let me turn my pages. <laughs> <laughs> Salty boy. Salty. Salty. Impressive notes. Uh, I'll take this one straight out the gate. I love this remake. Oh, yeah. I love it. Our reimagining, however you want to say it, because this is a different family now. This isn't the Sawyers. The Hewitts. The Hewitts. Uh, I like the addition of why Leatherface wears the mask. Because he has a skin disease, basically like a leprosy. Uh, I, re- I really like that. R. Lee Ermey owns this movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely owns this movie. Oh, yeah. The open, the twist with the hitchhiker in this one is unbelievable and totally caught me off guard the first time that I watched it. That is one of my favorite sh- shots. Shots of a movie. It's incredible. In horror movie history. It's incredible. Great. Um I don't know. I, I can't say enough positive about this film. In a, in a world full of subpar remakes, this is one of those few, like The Fly, like The Thing, where I'm not going to say it's better than the original. Don't I'm, you I'm definitely dare. not going to say that. But it, to me, it's just as good on, a, on its own two legs as the first one. I think it's great. It's good. I wouldn't go as far as you, but I think it's great. Uh, Hot Toddy, how do you feel about this film? <laughs> it's so Indignant. Okay, so I totally agree. Um, I think what worked for there, there are uh, he already mentioned the fly, the thing, 
Like to me, a great remake is taking the idea. Remake is is in that the word is you're remaking it, not copying it. So the fact that it's a different family, it's a different Leatherface. I I don't know if I caught that the first time I watched this remake because uh, Jedediah is a little boy. It's not Leatherface. Leatherface is now Thomas. Um, in all the other movies, it's Bubba or Junior or Jedediah. Um, now I never caught that. Leatherface is Thomas. You yeah, because I can remember originally getting confused. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't think they're going for confusion, but like to no. me, like maybe their take on this one was that this is a different Leatherface, and the little kid's going to grow up to be what we would think as the other ones. Wow, you just blew my mind. Like what? And I'm not challenging you. What? What other? When do they call him Jedediah? And the little boy? No, no, no. In the original franchise. Um, well, maybe it's because I watched from far, part one to part six together, but uh, I got that flow from <laughs> it. I just got that flow from it. So at one point, he's Jedediah. Maybe it's part five. I don't remember, but... <laughs> By the way, no sequel has ever been continuous in this franchise, so I think we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, um... This is the most... This is the most disjointed of all the sure. franchises. Well, you know, Easily. I, I, I will say... Um, Again, that's kind of, I think, why I wanted to talk about five and six. First time I've ever watched these movies in order. So that's why I watched, I watched the remakes afterwards. Because um, this is one I always bitch about that it's never... Leatherface has never had a true... Um, I feel like they jump around so much. Watching them back-to-back, though, there are a lot of throwbacks in each movie. They still kind of like do some crazy... You know what? I caught that not watching them in the order that you watched them in. <laughs> well... <laughs> So how do you feel about this remake? I'm done. With this is the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the last guy left. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what I did. I, for, I had forgotten until I watched this one. Uh, they clearly didn't have much of an intention to make a sequel with chopping off one of Leatherface's arms. Uh, well, and I didn't want to talk about it until yeah. we talked about the next movie. Because... I felt like Wilson was the only one that talked good about the beginning. But mm. where do you go? Like, do you want to see Texas Chainsaw 2003 Part 2 with a one-armed leather face? Where he's got his chainsaw <laughs> hooked up like Ash Williams on his <laughs> chair. <laughs> so, uh, Started with his teeth. <laughs> so to me, like what they did with Friday the 13th, what they did with Dawn of the Dead, they did it with The Fly. They took the idea and made it their own, and I think that's yeah. what saved this movie. Sure. I wanted to go in and hate this movie. Everybody did. I saw it opening weekend with a packed theater. There was people screaming. All the fucking haters that were coming in, like, I don't think they hated it when they were walking out. They were uh, crowd down in their seats. This was scary. There are still assholes who pretend that they hate this movie. It's, it's good. And you know what? Here's the thing. Even if this movie... It's just like Halloween and like any remake people gripe about. It will never tarnish the original movies. No. Um, and where I like where we're at with cinema right now is the fact that we just did two Texas Chainsaw. I mean, the second one's not really a remake, but it's a sequel to this remake. But then the next two movies is part five and part six. I do like the mask that Leatherface wears in this movie, by the way. The mask is great in this. I like the I like the mask. I like um, Andrew Bryanowski, uh, who's a big... I feel like the last few Leatherfaces, though, have been big guys, except for part four. It was kind of... Um, but they went with the bigger approach. They got, you know, um, kind of like known stars. Maybe not known for horror. But um, I think Jessica Bill was coming off like Seventh Heaven. 
She did a good job in that, too. I think everybody, when they announced it, was like, eh. Yeah, I thought they were good. Um, the weird hang-ups people have with this movie, like the fact that they played Skinner. I don't know if people know this, but there was a thing called radio, and radio played things before the albums came out. So Skinner was played on the radio. I went alive during 73. But just like any, any year, like they were playing Thriller songs way before the Thriller album ever came out. Um, just like they do now. Usually a song hits the radio before the CD comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, the the band trailer had me from the beginning. Um, I think I saw that in the theater before they pulled it. Um, and then I told other people about it, and then they talked about it on the show. But the fact that the trailer is completely dark and black, and all you hear is noise, and it was so effective, they banned the trailer because it was too much. Awesome. Um all the actors, uh, I, I've already went blank on his name, but you mentioned him earlier. He did kind of, you know, like... as oh, Harley Army? Yeah. Like, everything that you could add to this movie, they did. Um, well, especially when you take a per When the person of authority is the bad guy, too. Yeah. That takes a whole nother level of you are fucked. Well, that adds... If you ever listen to, like, you know, the making of Friday the 13th and stuff... It's always like you have to put these kids in place where they're, it's kids and there's no help. So they're in a small town. They go to actually like do the right thing. The little kids creepy AF in this movie. Too. And so the kids, the <laughs> kids creepy. Jedediah. They go to the shop. The sh- every person they go to for help is in on it. Um, the Jedediah is a helper. He's not that creepy in this, but he's still well, kind of creepy. Well, his mouth. The, yeah. <laughs> so the, the the sheriff is in on it. Um, then you get like it, they could have just done repeat characters. I think if they would have messed up if they had the cook and the hitchhiker and sure. oh for sure um so like you Vinny said the hitchhiker I think you're I think you saw it in trailer but you still almost expect that the hitchhiker's with them you don't expect that it's actually someone that just got away from them or something yeah uh the guy that's that's in the beginning but the guy that has no legs mm-hmm. Uncle Morty. um who doesn't feel like much of a threat but to me when you know he's blocking the guy from going in the house he's bait. He's also bait. And the biggest star to me at the time, because I knew the um, Eric Balfour from a lot of stuff. I like To me, Eric he Balfour. was the star of the movie, not Jessica Bill. So to me, they kind of did the scream approach where, you know, I'm, I'm thinking either one of them are going to get killed and, like, the people back are going to get it to be different. The fact that he's the one that gets it first. And then, like, the engagement ring falls out. Um, he's wearing uh. his face. And the only thing that, like, I'm surprised they didn't go there because this movie was hardcore. Is deleted scenes as she actually talks about she's pregnant. Um, oh shit! So, but they were pretty severe. I mean, no, thank the you. The fact that like we, they could have never shown us the engagement ring, but they had to be assholes and like, look, he was going to pop the question um, after she gives him that whole spiel about and 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 you know the the situation they were put in, they weren't bad kids at all. They did not harm that girl at all. Nope. So even the ones that wanted to leave, it's it's an understandable reaction. These were all good kids. Um, you know, they were just out having a fun day, and all this bad shit happened to them. And so you didn't get to know the other characters as well, but you still didn't want them to die. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a vicious, vicious movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought it's like one of the best remakes, to, in my opinion, ever made. It's it's right – maybe maybe not like the thing and stuff's a little bit higher, but, but it's right up in there with them. It's, it's definitely a really good remake. Yeah. All that I'll add, uh, my opinion hasn't changed. I still think this is a great remake, reimagining. Um, watching this and the beginning, the prequel to this, I realize why I don't watch them very often. They're hardcore. They're, 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 they're very dark. They're brutal. Like I, it's they're downer. 
they are a downer. Uh, one only thing I'll add to this, there's that really effective scene where the guy is running through the laundry sheets mm-hmm. that are hanging, and he gets mm-hmm. his leg chopped by Leatherface, and it's so brutal. But I'm just going to say it's so unrealistic because that dirty-ass family ain't doing laundry. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't cleaning nothing. <laughs> uh, professor. Uh, my opinion hasn't changed to this. I think every generation has two, three, if you're lucky, four standout remakes. Yeah. I think this is one of those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You guys mentioned the ones from the 80s. It's just, uh, it's excellent. It, it has all of the things you need to make a good uh, remake, which is a reason to do it in terms of switching some things up budget and and or technology and i thought that you know this capitalized on all of that they didn't try and recreate the same story they took out the elements of humor and approached it with like hey we're not gonna go for this as kind of dark bizarre humor we'll still have a little bit of dark comedy with arlie army but he's gonna bring a whole nother angle to this that you're not used to so it's not gonna be the same movie but at the same time we're still gonna give you a lot of those things that you like in it and then you have money which they did not for the original. Right. <laughs> so I, I just thought that it, it, it checked all the boxes for, for a good remake. And I, I can still remember being blown away by this when it came out, just thinking like, well, it's Texas Chainsaw remake. I got to watch it, but it's going to suck. And it right. was great. I mean, I, you know, the a couple other ones for me of the, of the time was the Dawn of the Dead remake and um, The Hills Have Eyes. I remember, and I still enjoy all three of those remakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this is probably... At the top, yeah, of that whole movement yep. of remakes. I agree. I, I like that they came back too to sell this as based on a true story, right? Right. And, right. and, and even the beginning, the way they, they that they did the beginning, which again, it, it, I'm always nerdy and like to watch deleted scenes. The, the the original the original opening and ending, um, I'm so glad they dumped them because it was her in the nursing home. Oh yeah. Um, and then like a weird SWAT team comes in and did they have John Larrick head again? Uh, he was the the narrator. That's what I thought. Um. Yeah, the, the Which we didn't mention that tonight. Like the old news, I always love that. The old newsreel to me, uh, kind of added to the movie. All right, cool. Uh, bless you. <laughs> Moving right along to chronologically, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning, but linearly, lin- 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 linearly. <laughs> Millennials. Uh, You still talking about fresh linen? (laughs) Yes, fresh linens. This is a prequel to 2003's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We are talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Todd or Vinny, take it off. I don't don't have the... Did you say the year? Because I don't have that written down. 2006. Uh, Okay. Um, 2006. My notes are poor on this one, but... uh, So it's got the hot dude from uh, Magic Mike. And... uh, Matt, Matt Bomer. Um, I don't think I knew any of the actors when I saw this movie. I don't think they were, other than uh, Jordan Brewster, Brewster or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, I knew her from Fast and Furious. Um, the faculty. So I, I thought this was a good movie. I don't know off the last podcast what the the, the people asking questions and this was the answers. Like, who asked? This was a, a, a Q&A. This is just somebody was like, hey, let's take a, let's do an original take of how it started. Um, I also am confused on that there nothing happened in this movie till halfway in. The car crashes early on, and even before the you get with the family, you get the weird biker chick. Um, I don't know. Like, um, I feel like they do play the Vietnam stuff a little bit too heavy. But then, as soon as the car crashes, it doesn't matter. Um, you get pulled into the family. It, 
just an odd take of it. And again, like I almost felt this movie was going to be lighter in tone and it's not, um, it's darker. Yeah. It's darker. Uh, it's gorier. Um, I thought it was fun. Like the, I, um, every time I watch this, I think of Arrested Development, where you know the dude's gonna lose his hand. <laughs> so he, there's all this stuff leading up to it that foretells it. So the guy that has his legs missing, I feel like there's all these scenes. It's like, oh shit, he's gonna fall down the stairs, or like all this stuff to where when he finally loses his leg, it's like, okay. Um, I don't know. I like this movie. Uh, I think the remake was that the 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 first one was stronger but i thought this was good um again it sucks that we live in a time where a movie's got to do 10 billion dollars to be considered a hit <laughs> right um I'm, I, I didn't look this one up i'm sure it made its money back it did not the first movie was a huge hit the first remake um it didn't do that kind of money but to me as soon as this film ended um I kind of thought what would be cool would be to do at least one more movie leading up to the 2003 remake. Because, you know, they killed more people than this. Um, right. But again, like, to me, this was the smarter choice because I don't know if I want to see a one-armed Leatherface running around. Right. So now you have, like, like you know, the beginnings. Um and I love and that he, they bring the weird, the weird heavyset woman back in, and, and yeah. then they actually push her. Again. Yeah, I, I know it shouldn't be humorous, but as dark as this film is, it's the one time I think I laugh, and I know I shouldn't. <laughs> when they're sitting there swapping recipes, and she goes, "Oh, sweet Jesus," <laughs> gets me every time, every time. <laughs> uh, venomous one. Besides the gift that I just showed you, how do you feel about the film? I like the movie. I, yeah. I think it's a I think it's a a good sequel to what was put out in 03. I think that prequel. It whatever. It it delivers <laughs> exactly what the first one gave you that you want to see in the second movie. Um I think it was they did a nice job with the story of how Arlie Ermy ends up as the sheriff like um there's not really much that I can say negatively about this movie. One of the only Girl. things that did bother me was I don't feel like they did a very good job of making this feel like a period piece. Um, and the other thing, like the is, look of it, yeah, yeah I just I, it's hairstyles, I can, everything. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't feel like they did a. They, thought, it wasn't very painstaking. I feel like if, if they would have took out the music, you could have put modern music in, and it could have been today. Yes, yeah. I agree. Right. And secondly, they lie to Arlie Ermy of which one is in the army and which one isn't, and he doesn't notice that only one of them is wearing dog tags. Right. I think I think he knew from the beginning. <laughs> I kind of think that whole thing was unnecessary. Just but as far up, as yeah. as far as the sequel goes, they 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 kind of pigeonholed themselves by cutting off Leatherface's arm in the first one. Yeah, uh, and so I think it was a good decision. Like, let's do a sequel. Let's do a prequel to it. Like, let's tell the story of how. I think it was a good choice. I think it lived up to what the what their previous one had given us. Uh, I really don't have anything bad to say about this one. I, I think this was a decent sequel. Can I say my favorite thing about this movie that got made is that there's there's a lot of remakes made. Period, and there's a lot of shitty ones in those. There's some really good ones, and I'm like like the Blob. Why didn't we ever see a blob too? Um, you made the effort to remake this movie, yeah. Friday the Thirteenth, which you know now it's just tied up because of rights. But Friday the Thirteenth was a good remake. Why not do a sequel? Freddy, which sucked, 
but you probably could have done a good sequel from it. Um, I don't know. You make all those effort to bring these characters back and get the rights and make this movie. And it's so a one shot. I appreciated yeah. that it, Texas Chainsaw wasn't a one shot yeah, movie. I'll give you that. And it, 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 re, it brought back a lot of the same actors that they could get back. Yeah, I'll give you that. Professor. Um, I, I pretty much feel the same, you know, on this one as when we recorded the first time. Um, yeah, there's there's some things with it that aren't perfect. There maybe I don't need to know as much as they tell me in that. But the bottom line is, is that the the first remake brought enough to the table that made people enjoy the film so much that they said we need to we need to give them more. That's all it does. And yeah. so, like, it's cool that they plug in some stuff that leads up to the first, but that's really not the strength of the movie. Right. The strength of the movie is getting to revisit our Lee Army. Oh, and yeah. the attitude and tone that was in the remake and the style that they did it in and that it's a little bit more hardcore and mean-spirited. And so, <clears throat> for me, it, it achieves everything it could hope for, really for the first time in the franchise, mm-hmm. where they came in, had a movie, and then went directly to the next one and said, we, we're glad you liked that one. We really enjoyed getting your money. We'd like to do this again. Yeah. And gave you what you liked about the last one. But didn't remake the same movie. And so for that, I, I thought it was impressive. I mean, they could have just took a much easier cash out. But they you know, they tried to come at it from a little bit of a different angle. So, yeah, I, I, I still feel pretty, pretty much the same about it. It gives me more of what I enjoyed from the first. I don't think it's as good as the first one. But it's right there with it. Yeah. I, I kind of wish uh, when when the opening scene where Leatherface's mom is goes into oh. labor, how cool would it have been if he came out with a chainsaw of her belly? <laughs> Just saying. But uh, uh, I will say, I love the end of this movie. That our star is in the car and the cops are right there, and all she's got to do is get to him, and they're going to know about this whole big thing that they're doing. And instead, Leatherface just like saws right through her. Kills like the, Kills cop the cops. Or whoever they have pulled over, and then the movie ends. Tie and write him with both of that. Uh, that's again why I don't watch this movie and the remake very often because they are d- downers, man. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, man. To quote the dude, <laughs> you know. Um, yes, that ending, brutal. Uh, just like the rest of the film, totally brutal. And uh, one of my notes here about uh, Leatherface's mom giving birth, my advice to all of you, which I learned in the process of watching this film again, is don't eat sushi during this opening birth scene at the slaughterhouse. <laughs> my sushi was just ruined. I'm telling you, my, my cream cheese roll was just oh. not as good watching uh, Leatherface's mom give birth at the slaughterhouse. I wonder what it was like, speaking of like origins, what it was like leading up to that decision. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get some sushi. Watch this Texas Chainsaw movie. <laughs> I like it. Uh, uh, Lou Temple is fantastic as the sheriff that gets murdered by by Tommy Hewitt in this. Um, the dying town that turns to cannibalism. I mean, that's what's happening here. And I think that's the, the origin story we all wondered, period, as mm-hmm. to how the Sawyers or the Hewitts got to that point that they did cannibalism and it's shades of gone with the wind, you know, <laughs> by God, we'll never go hungry again. <laughs> you know, that idea. Um, and boy, that scene hey, gone with the wind have cap. cap have, I just stroke down now. You made me have a stroke. <laughs> gone with the wind have cap cannibalism. It, 
it's it's an underlying tone. Uh, it's uh, implied. He was just doing his best Eminem rap. Uh, it's implied. Napkins, right. napkins, napkins. <laughs> um, but that scene where Diora Baird gets pulled out of that truck with the meat hook. Mm-hmm. Still one of the best scenes, man, when he just opens that door. And, I thought you were going to mention a different one, but that one is good. Uh, yeah, we could talk about many scenes with Dior Baird. Uh, the Bear Trap. Uh, yeah. In the yard. Brutal. Uh, Ermy is so scary. And that's it. His eyebrows are terrifying. Oh, the squirrel tails <laughs> yeah. that are above his eyes, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's brutal. It's nuts. I still enjoy it, but I'm just not watching it very often. I'm just not. So, all right, rolling right into whatever Todd calls this, Texas Chainsaw 16. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 5. Where, where? A.K.A. Texas Chainsaw 3D. A.K.A. Texas Chainsaw. A.K.A. Chainsaw 3D. It's never been called Part 5. Folks, we just want to let you know that Todd made that up. But Lone Star Chainsaw. Get it right. Spoiler alert. Freddy's Dead is actually Nightmare on Elm Street 6. So, you know, Friday, the final chapter, part four. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw 3D is part five. Spoiler What's weird is alert. that the other ones came yeah. out in chronological order. Huh? Yeah. Because they made two remakes and is, then went back to the sequels. Is Mama name him Clay? I'm going to call him Clay. So, I would advise for you guys to not go see the new Halloween movie. You'll It'll blow your mind. <laughs> We've done been through H2O and guess what? Psst, it ain't Halloween. It's a sad argument you're running here. <laughs> All right. So. It's okay for you guys to be wrong. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D. Todd or Vinny, start us out. Uh, I will say that I saw this in the movie theater. And. It's pronounced theater. I was like, and at the end of it, I was like, man, this movie was fucking awesome. And I left. And then as the rest of the week went by, I started going, hey. How old is this girl supposed to be? Yeah. What year did this movie... Like Then the logic started setting in on me. Dude. And as the logic <laughs> set in on me, it started to take away from that original enjoyment that I had gotten out of it. Because then I started overthinking it. Then my brain was turned on. And I'm like, this timeline don't make any goddamn sense. Uh, now, that being said, uh, I watched this again. This is probably... It's probably the first time I've watched it again since then. Um, you you just have to turn your brain off. Yeah. You, you can't pay attention to that stuff. You just have to turn your brain off. Uh, f- for that, I enjoy it for the romp that it is. Um, I find it to be completely absurd that this beautiful girl is supposed to come from Sawyer Loins. <laughs> like, Sawyer Loins. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I saw what was sitting around that house when the sheriff showed up. That she did not come from that gene pool. Uh, she had dentistry. This is different. <laughs> is that so that's what happens difference? when you actually get Affordable Care Act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all in all, still a pretty fun romp if you turn your brain off on all the logistics. However, that CGI at the end is so bad did you see that and 3D? so I, I did see it in 3d i don't feel like it bothered me when i saw it in 3d it's real bad on home video <laughs> i will i can't argue real bad that. way worse when i saw it in 3d i thought <sighs> it, it didn't bother me 
it's pretty rough. All in all, though, uh, it's a decent sequel. Like I say, you have to turn your brain off. You can't pay attention to the logic because, like I said, I loved it. And then went home and over the course of the week started thinking about that kind of thing. But I will tell you this. It hit huge in the theaters. And I remember everybody going, see, horror is back. Horror is back. Horror does big money in the box office. We're going to see a slew of horror movies now. Then week two happened. And it fell off. Well, every horror movie. I mean, except for the big ones like Insidious or things like that. But they just die. It shit the bed week two. And then you never heard another thing. Okay, well, it made its money back week one, though. So that's why horror movies will always get made. Because typically the difference between horror movies and, like, Justice League is Texas Chainsaw on a good day costs less than $10 million. Sure. And Justice League but is, like, a everybody thought this million. was going to usher in this new golden age, and it, it didn't quite work out that way. I think that's some of the goofy producers. But, um, so... I liked I liked this one really well. Uh, my favorite, I think, is like... So first off, if you saw this in the theater in 3D, my favorite part is that they redo the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 3D. Um, I love that Bill Mosley came back. That's a Hansen. great way to work. Because I guess we didn't really point out that this was to be a direct sequel to the first one. So this one is supposed to... This one's supposed to happen right when part one ends. ends. Um... So, they, so I like that they managed to work Bill Mosley in still to be part of the family. I will say I'm glad that you mentioned your brain because if you do think about it, there's things that you're like, well, why would that be in there? They just don't but sense. I will point out, like and I don't know why someone gets such a boner for this. When they're FaceTiming. So, when he's but, uh, okay, it's so, like, oh. so there is, well, they weren't FaceTiming. They were using the cameras on their phones, which happened pre-2013 when the year was made. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, so, oh so you were talking about in the... 20 years or whatever we're supposed to believe that she's set from that they're using a live feed on a cell okay. phone. Hold so on. I'm just saying, if you're going to correct me, you're saying I'm going to correct you. You're not letting me finish because here's what I don't get. Where did anyone say that this girl's 23? When do they ever say that this movie's in the 90s? Well, how old is she supposed to be, Todd? I'm 40. Right. Okay. This girl's only a few years younger than I am, the actress. Okay, so... Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes out in 1974. This okay. film comes out in 2013. She should have been 39. Okay. I'd buy that. You buy that that girl and that group of friends are 39. So you're old. saying that right. girl... That girl is now thrown in gossip girl. Is she, is she a teenage girl or is she a parent? Because those, all those actors are five years apart. So you're saying the girl who was 28 years old when this film was made was supposed to be 39? What's the difference between 28 and 39? So here's the thing. The the technology was pre-2013. This movie easily could have been a 2000 Can we period. not just agree that the timeline is fucked? Okay. Yeah, sorry. I, evidently, that was egregious to point out the phone thing. So Continue. Here's, here's where I get... This is why Oof. it's weird is that when a Texas Chainsaw movie comes out, we have a boner about the timeline. When... How are you going to say hold on, hold on, hold on. Friday the 13th Part 2, 3, and 4 all happen in three days. Which means that all the later Friday the 13th movies are in the uh, 90s and 2000s. Um, Halloween five and or 4 and 5 are one year apart, but yet she ages two years. And there's a completely different mask. Like, no one had their brain thinking when all these other movies... Because none of them were as egregious as this. Yeah. I mean, so the worst thing is, is like, if they would have never had the phone thing, like, you can never pinpoint when the... When this movie takes place. If you start an online petition and you get 10 people to agree with you, <laughs> I'll give you some leeway. I just don't know why, like, like, first off, why can't you just go see a movie to have fun? Well, we 
We did. I believe we You're said the only we did. one taking it personally. I'm, yeah, yeah. you didn't no, get the, mad. The only reason I brought it up is because, again, if you listen to the previous podcast, that was the big issue someone had was with this time period. I remember talking about liking it, and I just re-listened to it. Yeah, you actually did say you liked. It. I liked it too. Just pointing out the humor and the some of the inadequacies. Yeah. So again, like, <laughs> he mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just saying. Like, I know people actually will, like, they're done with the series. Like, like this did it in for them. Like, one scene with, like, uh, FaceTime. And, like, music is never what sets a time period movie. Just, like, there are plenty of movies that's supposed to take place in the 80s that play modern music. Or A Knight's Tale that plays modern music. A garbage movie. That's really not... No, Night's Tale's, a, Night's Tale's oh, a great movie. I will say this is the first time that it's weird to say, <laughs> but I will agree with Vinny that that one was garbage. But... As you're trying to prove your point about <laughs> music being used in movies that's not period? So, if you've never seen this movie, I would say go in. Actually. Do not worry about the time period because it's why. Who cares? Yeah, just let it go. My biggest disappointment with five and six, which <laughs> we'll talk about, is that they actually went to Lionsgate and Kim Hinkle and somebody else is who owns the rights. It's pronounced Leonsgate. But go ahead. Okay. So, they own the rights to the Texas Chainsaw franchise. This uh, rare movie that the actual creator, so Kim Hinkle, Toby Hooper, all the people involved in the original got money from this film, which is great. Oh, cool. Uh, they went in to sell this to Lionsgate because people were sick of Saul movies. And they're like, you know, you're making Saul every year. Why can't we do a legit Texas Chainsaw franchise, make six films? We have six film idea. And that's why, to me, the biggest disappointment because of a lot of our franchises, Leatherface really is the one that's like, you know, if the characters are similar, then it's different actors playing them. If not, it's some. He goes from one retard family to the next retard family. Uh, you can't say that on the air. <laughs> you Jesus. fired me up. <laughs> but look, Texas Chainsaw is like never been. It's never had like that, like Nightmare on Elm Street franchise where, yeah, yeah the same actors and characters appear the next year. And so the fact that I knew going in, and, and five was a hit. So, I don't understand why six they had to sit on for a year. Just throw it out. And it's weird to me that, and I like Leatherface, which we'll talk about, but the idea was, why, why didn't part six pick up where part five ends? I'm confused. You sound like Professor explaining an Italian horror movie to us. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just saying. The hell's that supposed to mean? <laughs> When you sell me that you have like that Lionsgate has the rights to Texas Chainsaw, and they're 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 planning on doing a six film franchise, because as stupid as Saws were, at least they tried to figure out something. Again, they overthought those movies too. Why can't you just pick up where one movie ends and the next one begins? Quit killing your killer. Which that's again at the end, as weird as it is, I don't know that the cousin's gonna jump on board that fast with the cousin. <laughs> right. But do your thing, cuz. Stop. No, that was an that's unfortunate moment. One of the worst lines. And I will, ever, well, ever. I think the worst line is the girl that's not from Texas that says, Welcome to Texas. Um, but I will say, like, you know what? Her her boyfriend and her friends, they were horrible people. They died. Yeah. Um, at, at, I like that this movie kind of becomes a revenge movie because she finds out that she was abducted and yeah. her family was killed. And, um, like her parents were kind of horrible. The people that adopted Super her sucked. Which I don't know if you ever know. I've never watched past the credits of this movie, but they actually show up 
past credits, the people that took her in that stole her hmm. to come get an inheritance and you hear the Saul start up. No way. That's fun. <coughs> uh, Venomous Vinny, after Todd's lengthy dissertation here. I already, I already oh, yeah, yeah, you went first. My I went first. I was getting another beer. All right. You got well, your that timeline messed up. That was an hour ago, though. My timeline's all messed up. <laughs> I also like that uh, there was a Sheriff Hooper. Yes, I like that, too. Uh, professor. I'm just saying, I, when we're watching a movie, if there's a if there's a phone on a bus or car and it's 1980 or 70, it's coming out from now on. Piss up a rope. Anyways, uh, despite what listeners may think, <laughs> I like this movie, as I stated on the original episode. Um, the timeline stuff <laughs> is goofy. They they shot themselves in the foot with that. If they just would have said... If the chainsaw don't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> exactly. If they would have just spun a little bit of a narrative really, about her really, being... Why couldn't she... Why be, don't you let me finish why, talking? Why couldn't How she about be that? the baby okay. of, of, another, of another family member? Why are you making up more stories? Yeah, I'm not, but I'm just I'm saying. just trying to defend a movie while you continually keep barking We're trying to me. tell you why we like the movie, and you're yeah. like... <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. like, it's so if the timeline's such a big deal, they could have made... Her, like, her mom was the baby of, of who they found. You're right. My bad. This movie's good. How about you, Grizz? Yeah, I like it. Good. Moving right along. Uh, so, no, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, I like the continuity and the cameos. Love that about the beginning, as we talked about. Uh, I still, uh, one of the things about the film that really is unsettling is that vigilante justice photo that they take because it reminds me of those old lynching photos and it makes me very uneasy um my note says the timeline is fucked we won't get into that anymore (laughs) uh but that line do your thing because just really it was like the x-men movie where do you know what happens to a toad when it is struck by lightning (laughs) it's like Blade, always some motherfucker trying to ice skate uphill. Like, it's one of those just... Or, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Yes, it's one of those lines that can can take an otherwise passable movie, and then they throw something like that, and you're like, oh, fuck, did you have to... Did you have to drop the turd in the punch bowl? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an unfortunate line. Uh, Professor, anything else you want to say about the film? No, it's... I mean, it gives you what you want. It's fun. Yeah, I think it's fun. I, I, I know the I know that there were some folks who really didn't like it, and that's fair. That's fine. Um, but I I enjoyed it. Well, and even the first time I watched it as a testament to the timeline stuff, I hadn't noticed it. I kept yeah, asking the you guys you it, yeah. on the recording to explain it to me because I didn't understand what the huge thing was that where it was coming from. So I just watched it that one time for the show, and I didn't pay attention to it. I had a good enough time with it. Sure. So do you, do you think that maybe the beginning was added in later? Because let's be real, if they didn't make it a direct, if they didn't have that she was the baby at the beginning of the movie, wouldn't think twice about it's it. Kind of, it's kind of if you really if you took out the beginning, it could be a whole other. She just shows up. So you're saying to, if they took out the part where they explained that this is part of a timeline, we wouldn't pay attention to the timeline. And I'm just saying at the beginning of the film. <laughs> so. so I think if you didn't just if, rest your case, if you didn't man, tie her, if you didn't you tie her directly it. to that incident at the end, and you just had it that she was a Sawyer baby, yeah, but didn't tie it into that exact moment yeah. where the baby is put to the side and the guy finds her in 1974, 73. This is my baby, and you just said she was a Sawyer baby. You alluded to Surprise, that. Surprise, your offspring, and that. Totally would have changed. Do you think the beginning of the film was added on way after they did the script? I just think they didn't. They were like, "Fuck it, people aren't going to pay this attention enough to notice." That's what I I think. Because, like, I I agree with. Well, but then the other timeline too is that Leatherface. He's got to be like sixty. Oh yeah, he would be sixty something. 
Well, and uh, he's got mad cardio for a sixty-seven-year-old <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, I was. I, I agree with Wilson. I was excited when. To me, when when I saw who was in the beginning, I didn't care, and I never really thought about it until it was pointed out to me. I it, at twenty thirteen, I still didn't have a phone that like I had a flip phone. I didn't have a phone that had <laughs> that. That is a fair time. point because you yeah you just had a. I mean, it was just last year until you got a phone that you could text on. Exactly. So, um, all right. Moving right along, we're going to get through this one pretty did, quickly. Did anyone? I, the last thing I'll say, I do sure. like the little jigsaw throw in with the when he comes through the amusement park, and there's like the little jigsaw pig. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like the amusement park scene. Cool. All right, last film, Leatherface, not the true Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Part Three, but uh, this sham of a prequel. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Vinny. Uh, it was recent enough in our episodes that you can go back and listen that I'm not going to waste a lot of breath on this because my opinion has absolutely not changed on this movie. I think this movie was unnecessary. I think this movie damages the legacy uh, of Chainsaw. I think that largely it should just be ignored. And I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Hot toddy. I still really liked it. Um, I will say, to play devil's advocate though, so it's the sixth movie. I just said, I don't understand why they walked into a room and said, here's our pitch for a six-picture deal. Mm-hmm. This is not where I would have made a, a movie. Um, why didn't it pick up after the events of Part 5 and just go? Well, I, I especially found it, and I, I guess we can argue it's it's a different universe, if you will. We've already had an origin prequel of Leatherface. Why the fuck do we need another one? Well, and a far superior yes. origin prequel. I really like this, except for why, I don't know who they thought they were fooling with the, uh, let's trick everyone that this is who Leatherface is. So it's kind of a, I still really like the movie, but and to me it just doesn't fit. It, that guy would not become the guy we see in Chainsaw. And I think, as as we said, it's, it's recent enough in one of our MASH episodes that you can go back and listen to our full review. I think this was another film sitting on the shelf that they just slapped Texas Chainsaw and Leatherface on. Yeah. I feel like, and that's the thing. I feel like as a standalone movie, uh, I feel like this was more in the vein of like natural born killers. I feel like this is devil. This feels less Texas Chainsaw and more devil's rejects or natural born killers. Yeah. Yeah. That's like I said, back when we did this one, it's like, this is not, this is a horrible entry into a franchise, but it's a, decent movie yeah it's not the worst movie i've ever seen like it's not shot. it's not like this piece of shit film but it's the fact that it's an insulting cash grab like yeah. people go in there for something and they're not doing that at all this is clearly a different script somebody had some kind of you know sleazy reincantation reincarnation of like like you said natural born killers oh check this out we'll show the dysfunction that leads up to this and yeah. this will be Leatherface. slap the so. Something I never noticed the first time, though, is that this movie does have nubbins <clears throat> in it. As what? Nubbins, which is the dead body they always towed around in part two. <laughs> really? So, and, and like uh, when they're kids, Leatherface is sitting next to his brother Nubbins. It's interesting, especially, too, if this is to be a prequel to go along with 3D and it negates any other sequels. I don't think I don't think for me the the 3D ignored I don't I don't I think each movie ignored the other sequel but yet they didn't 
And that's why I'm like, to me, the most disappointing thing about this whole franchise is that even even Freddy, like you're even, saying that 3D doesn't negate Chainsaw Part Two when I mean, it directly says we negate Chainsaw Part Two. It still ignores it, but at the same time, like they you it, they can't say the events never happened. That's cool though. You can't say they didn't happen. It just they went so many years later. Sure. Isn't the cook shot dead? And his whole family did. Besides him, living with this random relative in her basement. <laughs> here's here's the thing that sucks is they'll make a seventh film and it'll have nothing to do with any of the other. Ones. Yeah. That's so again, we, if Nightmare on Nightmare on Elm Street, the one that comes to mind, part two, that had was the most departed from the series. Still had the same house. Freddy Krueger, five years later, continued the storyline. Friday the 13th 5, who didn't even have Jason, had other characters to come back, continue the storyline. Like, somebody needs to get their hands on this franchise and take it in a direction. Or just leave it alone. Fair enough. I think we could all agree on that. And wrapping up another episode of the Midwest Monsters podcast, revisiting a franchise. Woo! Hour and 40 minutes in. Holy shit. <laughs> Talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, a franchise that I am uh, more kind to as time goes on. Um, again, the most disjointed of all the franchises between Halloween, Friday, and Nightmare. But still something redeeming about most films. So I'm signing off one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hot Toddy. Stay scary.